name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever into the ages of all ages, Amen. It's such a pleasure and a privilege to share this morning with you. Um, and the gospel which we read this morning was of, is oftentimes referred to as the gospel of the Samaritan woman. Jesus uh, is traveling from uh, Judea north towards Galilee. Uh, on foot, uh, probably a journey of a couple of days, probably three days or so, probably a journey he's done several times. He probably did it with his parents uh, to go down to Jerusalem from Nazareth to go from the north down to the south. Uh, he, he probably did that journey with his parents about three times a year um, until his, 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 his adoptive father Joseph passed away. Uh, and then after that, uh, he probably continued to do it with his family, his extended family, and so on. So it was a route that he that he knew well, and they probably did everything they could to avoid going deep into the heart of Samaria or Samaria, as as more properly pronounced. Um, and um, uh, and and it was and and the re there was reason for that. The main reason being that Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. There was a deep, there was a, a, a deep hatred, a deep racial racial divide between them, um, and there was reason for it. Uh, of course, every group had allegations against the other, and the reason I'm sharing all of this context with you is uh, to 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 make it so clear. Uh, the 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 how how um, obvious the message of Christ is so desperately needed today for you and for me that you and I really uh, really really need to hear this and really 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 need to live this I do really really need to live this and that this is such good news for you and for me uh, all of us have um, some some prejudices it's 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 only normal it's part of sort of it's part of being um, an in, uh, you know intelligent or roughly so analytical person for us to have prejudices the, the issue is not having prejudices the issue is what we do with them um, uh, which is a, a slightly a, a, a different topic. It's uh, we don't. I don't want to go too far off the beaten track. But you see here that the Jews and Samaritans have very deeply rooted prejudice, prejudices. And I'm going to share with you just briefly why they believed about each other what they believed about each other. But that's what a prejudice is. It's a belief about another person that you a judgment about another person that you make before um, having had the opportunity. Uh, to examine that uh, that judgment in 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 the context of that person or in the presence of that person, right? And so uh, you know, uh, uh, I think uh, you know, uh, children are noisy, and so anytime I see a child, I put my hands up to my ears. Well, if I do that, and if I'm very effective at plugging my ears every time I see a child, and I have this prejudice against children I will actually ever know never know whether that child in front of me was noisy or not because I plug my ears and then I never and I can't hear anything right and that's kind of how how prejudices work so where did these prejudices come from that these people that these people had well it dates back to 
um, uh, several hundred y- years prior, when the uh, uh, the nation of Israel, the 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 whole the whole uh, you know people of God, were divided into two kingdoms: a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The southern kingdom, Judea and the northern kingdom Israel. And the northern kingdom got carried away in captivity. Um, and what the the people who carried them away captive did, they were really smart. They realized that now this, this is going to become a province of the empire, Israel. Um, and we want, we want to make the most of it. So we, we want to get the best agriculture that we can out of it. We, we, we really want to exploit it to the max. And so what, what should we do? Well, the people of the land are the people who know how, how to work the land. So let's leave some people there. But if we leave them all there, then they'll, you know, it's very possible they'll all get together and they'll make an uprising and then there'll be, you know, like a civil war inside the empire and, and, and we don't need that. So let's take sort of 70, 80% of them 90% of them away and go and disperse them in the nations and that's what they would do and then they would go and take other nations that they had conquered and bring them and transplant them into other nations so they would take say 70-80% of the uh, of the people of the northern kingdom of Israel and they go in and disperse them all through the, out the empire and then took people from all throughout the empire and came and transplanted them into Israel so they didn't speak the same language they didn't eat the same food they didn't have have the same customs they were separated by culture they wouldn't be able to get together and all come together and um, and attack the empire and overthrow the empire and what what happened well the Samaritans the Samaritans had deeply uh, rooted prejudices against the Judeans against the people the nation of the south and their accusation against them was that they had falsified the Torah and they had uh, changed certain things in it which this you know was 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 not true or we don't believe it to be true that they had added certain things to it for example that they, that God could only be worshiped in Jerusalem that, that you couldn't offer any sacrifices to him on the high places, on the mountains and under trees and all of this. And those were indeed God's commandments because he knew that if you, he made multiple places of, of worship for them, that would lead uh, later on to idolatry. He had commanded them not to intermarry. The Samaritans did intermarry. And so what happened? The, the, the people of the nation of the north, wh- whose capital is Samaria or, or, or Samaria, they... Um, they started to intermarry. And when they started to intermarry, they became a mixed nation. And so the, the, the Jews uh, who were from Judea, the, from the nation of the south, they looked to the people of the north and they said they're not Jews because they're not, they're not pure Jewish blood. They're, they're this mixed, they're these, these intermarrying people who offer sacrifices on high places they're idolaters they've taken up the customs and the culture and the food and the of the of the of the nations right and so the jews look to them as as almost wolves in sheep's clothing the jews looked to the samaritans as they were they were worse than gentiles cuz at least a gentile is a gentile 
at least a Greek is a Greek, a Roman is a Roman, a, a Phoenician is a Phoenician, you know, the people from Lebanon and Syria and so on, right? Um, they're, you know, they're not Jews. They don't claim to be Jews. They're not pretending to be Jews. They're not Jews. They're saying they're not Jews. They're Gentiles. They're rejected people of God that God will one day subject to us and put under our feet and they know what they are, we know what they are, and they're there. But these Samaritans, they say that they're the children of Abraham. And they say that they're also of the lineage of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And they say that they're the ten tribes and you're only two. And they say, and they say this and they say that. And you know what? And they're just, they're just, so Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. and They just stay, stay away, right? So, that's kind of the context in which Jesus, although he knows this is a well-known traveled route, it's something that he knows well, it's something that he's done a thousand times, he knows how to travel from Judea to Galilee, chooses to go through Samaria, right? And he chooses, and, and, and if, if you look in John 4, 4, it says he needed to go through Samaria. And when he goes through Samaria, um, you know, in this this hot desert road, um, arid road, uh, he he comes to the well that uh, uh, Joseph gave that J Jacob gave to his most favored son Joseph, and he comes to that well, and he sits by the well and he's thirsty, and so what does he say to the woman who comes to the well around noontime? Noontime is such a a, a beautiful time in scripture. Noontime is when Jesus uh, uh, ascended on the cross. And what does he say to her in that moment? He says to her, give me a drink. Now, it's quite significant that this woman was coming to fill water at noontime. Um, nobody in these hot countries, especially in these arid uh, geographic locations, does anything around noontime. People take a siesta around noontime. That's what they do. They find a shady spot and they wait for they wait for the heat of the sun, which is at its highest between noon and three, to pass. That's what they do. That's what a normal, sane person does. They don't do. The, the work which requires, you know, the most elbow grease of the day, which is carrying water, you don't go doing that at noontime. So this woman came around noontime because she didn't want to meet anybody else. She wanted to go to the well when nobody was there. You know, she's kind of like you and me when we send somebody a text message instead of call them or send them an email instead of calling them. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to do my business. I just want to do my business and get it done and get it out and get out of here. Right. And so that's what she does. And to her chagrin, to her horror, she finds somebody else at the well. Oh, but wait. He looks like a Jew. Oh, thank God. He won't even talk to me. He thinks that I'm scum. He thinks that I'm the dirt of the earth. And in addition, he's a man and I'm a woman. It would be indecent. It would be indecent for a man and a woman to be alone, you know, out behind the well doing, I don't know what they could have been doing back there. You know, what shady business and so on. And she was a woman with a bit of a checkered past to say the least. And so, so you know what she knew? Oh, phew. I'm I'm in the safe zone. This guy isn't. This guy's gonna turn his face and pretend like I don't exist, right? Because he doesn't want to be defiled by me, right? And to her horror, he speaks. 
and to our horror, sometimes God speaks into our life. You know, when we least expected it, when we least thought it, when we least knew it, when we, when we least maybe even wanted it, God pierces the darkness, pierces the noonday, pierces the heat and the humidity and the and he pierces it and he comes and he enters in. The fathers talk about the incarnation as an invasion, an invasion of div divinity into our humanity, an invasion of light into our darkness, an invasion of joy into our sadness, an invasion of life into our death. The world was had spun itself into a web of, of death and dying and sickness and Jesus comes and is he comes and he's born into it but it's not like an invasion like like you see uh, you know a military invasion where where you know tanks and bombs and airplanes no 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 it was in the quiet of night it was in 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 the poorest area in one of the smallest towns it was a humble invasion, a quiet invasion, quietly in some back corner of Bethlehem, in the back corner of some, of some cave, of some stable, where some cave, like we call it a stable, and we imagine it was like this beautiful, you know, barn painted in red kind of thing. No, 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 no. Go to Bethlehem and you'll see. It was a cave. The people were poor. The people, the Romans were so, they taxed the the brains out of them people lived in caves that was normal jesus's home in nazareth was most likely just a cave just a cave he jesus was raised by two very poor people it says joseph was a carpenter it's a carpenter he was a it was actually the, the correct word is he was a craftsman and about jesus as well he was a carpenter he was a craftsman Crafts, what is he's a handyman he was a handyman. He was he was he was a, a, a general laborer. He was a, a, a man of of no no skill, no trade. Right? There, he's born in a in a cave that is unfit for humans. So they put they put some 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 food for the animals there to keep them out of the the wind at night, keep them out of the elements, out of sort of mercy to the animals. He's born there, right? A gentle invasion of life into our darkness and into our death, and so he invades this woman's this this woman's plan. How many days did you wake up in the morning? You had a schedule, you had a plan of what you were gonna do, right? Uh, you're at work, you have a plan of what you're gonna do. You're at home, and this and that, and something comes and interrupts it. Jesus interrupts her, and he says to her, "Give me a drink." Now. This woman who was going to the well at noonday, do you think she had brought with her an assortment of cups and plates and saucers so she could serve people a drink if anyone happened to be there to ask? Of course not, right? She was hoping not to meet anybody. And so she answers him with a question. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? I, I'm just imagining that she looks down at her water pot and she looks at Jesus and she looks at her water pot and she looks at Jesus and she says, you know, in her head, she's saying, are you telling me that you're going to drink from the same water pot that I drink from? 
I'll tell you a funny story. I hope I'm not going to embarrass uh, my wife, Mary, too much with this. Um, Mary, my wife, will not drink from a cup or a water bottle or something that anybody else has drank from, except me. I feel, honestly, honestly, I feel so honored. So I didn't know this about Mary. We were, we, we were still uh, not yet engaged. We were planning our engagement. I happened to be visiting uh, England. And uh, uh, we were out, you know, with her family, with her parents. Uh, I can't remember who was with us, but her dad was with us for sure. And, uh, you know, I popped open a water bottle and I had a sip and Mary looked thirsty. So I handed her the water bottle and I said, uh, you know, would you, would, you, would you like some, right? And she took the water bottle and she was about to drink. And her father looked at her. And he looked at me and he looked at her and he's like, is this my daughter? Who is this person? And what have you done with my daughter? <laughs> and I said, uh, oh, sorry, like, sorry, uncle. Like, I thought I had done something offensive or, you know, culturally uh, in, in a, improper, you know, in, in British culture or something. Right. And so I. I, I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, yeah. So I said, I, I'm, "I'm sorry, Uncle." Uh, Australia he goes, "No, no. It's good. It's great. This is great." He goes, "Mary, all her life, never, never, she drank from anybody, <laughs> right?" <laughs> she's telling, she's never, never, never drink from a water bottle from anybody else or a cup or something or you know what I mean. Like uh, many, many times I'll see her. You know, somebody uh, you know offers uh, you, you know says, "Oh, can I have a sip?" She'll give him the water bottle and then she say, "Keep it." It's okay. Keep it. You know what I mean? Right? Uh, and and I'm, I'm sure that Mary's not the only person. And then in this time of COVID and the post-COVID world, maybe no one will ever share water bottles again. God only knows what our world will look like um, next week or next month or next year. But in any event, this woman, uh, you know, this Samaritan woman looks at her, her water pot and she looks at him and she's like, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You're a man. I'm a woman. What, 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 what are you going to drink from? Anything, you, if you come anywhere near me, you'd be defiled. What, right? And Jesus, you see, the, the marvelous thing about Jesus is that, which, which is so hard sometimes for us to, to grasp from the Gospels, unless we really read between the lines, is, is that Jesus, Jesus broke a lot of these conventions, human conventions, human, you know, modus operandi, human ways of doing things that weren't rooted in God, that weren't, forgive me for lack of a better word, right. Why, why should Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? Why should he be, why should he be questioned? Even his disciples think it's kind of weird. They see him talking to this woman by the well. I mean, Jesus was an an honorable man. They had never heard any kind of, you know, romantic, funny business about Jesus. Never, ever. So, you know, uh, it's kind of weird. He's talking to this woman by the well, you know. Even his disciples questioned. But Jesus broke all of these conventions and he, he broke them all. And it's all stuff that's kind of between the lines. So Jesus answers her. And, but he didn't break them for no reason. Like it's, he wasn't just going around breaking the rules, you know? He, 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 he says to her, if you knew the gift of God 
And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And that's what God is telling you and he's telling me. And on, on, on the last day, I get really worried sometimes. I get really worried sometimes that I'm going to be one of those people and that maybe, God forbid, you might be one of those people that Jesus spoke about who will, when, he, when, when we come and we stand at the gates of the kingdom, and he'll, he'll say, I never knew you. And we'll say, but, but Jesus, you know, you preached in our streets. And, uh, you know, we, ca- we, we cast out demons in your name. We healed the sick in your name. You did powers and wonders and beautiful things through us unto others. And he'll say, yeah, but I, I never knew you. You never knew me. And I believe from all my heart, I don't know why God has given us this this time of, of coronavirus, not that it is from God, but from our brokenness, but God makes something good out of everything. And one of the things that is good that I know God desperately wants to do is He desperately wants to have a real and meaningful relationship with you and with me. He doesn't want it anymore to be for us to stand at the gates of the kingdom and say, but Lord, I went to church every Sunday. But Lord, I gave my tithes every working day of my life. But, but, uh, but, but Lord, I, I volunteered at the soup kitchen. But Lord, I... And he'll answer, say, but I never, I never knew you. you. But you don't know me. You, you don't know me. Why would you, want to spend, why would you want to spend eternity with me? You don't even know me. And I pray, I pray that this is a time in which we would know him. And we're kind of, we've been kind of stripped of our, of our usual methods of gathering and our usual methods of worship, that we might enter deep into our relationship with him, that we might get to know him personally, that we might read his, his word, that we might read these interactions that Jesus had with people. And we might read between the lines. You know, we can read between the lines in these, in, these, in these interactions Jesus had with people and get to know His character, get to know His behavior, get to know who He was and get to know what He indeed is offering. He's offering this woman and He's offering you and He's offering me. He's offering us abundance. He's offering us abundance. This woman comes to the well out of her need and he offers her a wellspring like a geyser shooting up from within her. Right? And he tells her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, the water from the well. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And so she says, the natural answer, she says, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. None of us are are looking for something that is a temporary fix. We're We're all looking for that which will satisfy our souls forever. Jesus offers that. Now, the trouble is, if you're anything like me, and you take the words that I'm saying, you know, genuinely, and you take them to heart, and you say, you say, well, you know, you know, Father John started off this morning by talking about the weather, and yeah, indeed, it's not. It is kind of gray out there, and it is a bit chilly. You know what? I'm just going to make myself a hot cup of tea, and I'm just going to sit, and I'm just going to do what Father John said. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read 
the you know from the Bible. I'm just gonna sit and pray for everyone who's asked me to. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna sit for the next 45 minutes or the next hour, and I'm gonna sit with the Lord. What is the first thing that's gonna happen? The first thing that is going to happen when you and I do that is we're gonna be assailed. We're gonna be attacked by some desire to get up and go do something. And naturally, everything which was not urgent, which was not important, which was, was not even on the radar for you know, days, weeks, months, years maybe, is going to suddenly become so urgent that I must absolutely get up and do it right now. Uh, you know, <laughs> Every time I stand to pray, I suddenly need to go pee. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if my, my, my bladder has some reflex reaction to prayer. I don't think so. I don't think it's biological. I don't think that, the, you know, there, 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 there's some, you know, a prayer induced cystitis that, uh, you know, inflammation of the bladder, um, that, uh, that, that happens. <laughs> what I think is really happening is that we are being uh, assailed by, by, like a like a demonic influence anytime we turn to God we'll find that the enemy is trying to draw us away and the good news I have for you is that this this uh, this demonic influence is so easily conquered by what by persistence just persist just be stubborn as an ox and refuse to move refuse to stop say whatever it is I began doing I'm gonna continue doing if it was reading the Bible if it was praying if it was whatever it is that I started doing I'm, I'm gonna continue doing that and God will and God will bless you and God will bless you and God will come meet you and God will come and give you from that wellspring and what we will see in the what we'll see in the coming in the coming few weeks in the coming month is that that wellspring that that he plants within us is his holy spirit it is his holy spirit living inside of us that becomes for us all our need that becomes for us the answer to everything that becomes for us the answer to every question that becomes for us the the, the answer to every concern that becomes for us the guidance to every in every dilemma look if people people text me and call me all the time asking me for spiritual advice for guidance for whatever right uh, guidance in life and so on what if what if you, you had a direct line to God himself what if you didn't need to call him because he happened to be in in your house in your home with you what if he was in the same room as you what if that that living Spirit of God has been given to you and cannot be taken away from you was given to you in your baptism and chrismation and cannot be taken away from you what a gift what a gift to have the indwelling of the Spirit. Not a visit, not a visitation, but to have Him as, a, as a, a permanent roommate with you, living with you, guiding you, taking care of you. My prayer for you, my prayer for myself, is the oldest and simplest prayer in the church. Come, Holy Spirit. My prayer for you today my prayer for you this week is just that. 
Come, Holy Spirit, come now in this very moment, Lord. Come now, I ask you. Rest upon us. Bring your peace. Bring your grace. Give us, Lord, rest in you. Many of us, Lord, are experiencing that no amount of sleep, no amount of exercise and, 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 and you know, healthy eating and so on can give us that which we need most, which is rest in you. Give us, Lord, to experience that rest, that fulfillment. Give us, Lord, to experience you. Come, Lord, come, Holy Spirit, the coolness of your breath, and rest in us. Amen. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.